Well, <laughs> turn to Acts 22, and I'm not sure that's where we're going to start, but <laughs> turn there, and we'll 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 go we'll go from there. As Art has said before, when we who's behind the post, Darlene? Oh. <laughs> Kelly. Okay, Kelly. Uh, I'm going to put a mirror up there or something where I can see. Oh, Yolanda's back there too? Okay. All right. As Art has said before, you know, we're, we're, we're going toward the end of Acts. And Luke, in his, um, in his writing, does a terrific job of explaining and telling exactly what's going on. And he's very graphic in what we'll have today. Uh, but as far as theological meets you <laughs> we're having to dig deep to, to get something to share with you but, but there's a lot in today when we find um, you remember right after Paul got saved and we're going to hear his own testimony again and later on in the book we'll hear it again but <clears throat> he, he, he was saved and he wanted to be obedient and all of a sudden Paul's total focus, he was a new creature in Christ, as 1 Corinthians tells us, or 2 Corinthians tells us, and he, his focus was on sharing the gospel. Anytime he had the opportunity. And yet we know that the Jews uh, fought him, uh, the magistrates, the officers of the day fought him until he had an encounter with the a Roman dignitary and he says you're legit and he they had kind of peace from then on but from from then on we, we see that in every place he went he had uh, competition with uh, uh, that's not the right word he had um, he had people who were trying to uh, to uh, defeat him and he had terrorisms and all that kind of thing they were just uh, trying to work real hard to uh, defeat his ministry Uh, and we know that that's even true today Um, there's a a website uh, if you want to write it down it's opendoorusa.org opendoor.usa.org and they are tracking the persecuted church and they just put out the most 50 countries that, that, that was dangerous to follow Jesus in. And I don't know if you can re- think who the first one is. I- I'll take a guess who the, the, big, the first one on their list is. You don't want to be there and say that you're a follower of Jesus. Anybody want to venture a guess? China was way down the list. Would you believe North Korea? <laughs> North Korea is number one. And the other top nine were all Muslim countries. One of them I had to look up. Afghanistan, Somalia, Sudan, uh, Pakistan, Erecta. E-R-I-T-R-E-A. Huh? Eritrea. Eritrea. I didn't know where it was, but it's down there by Sudan and Ethiopia. Libya's number seven, Iraq's number eight, Yemen's number nine, and Iran's number ten. That's the top ten. China's down 24 or 25, you know, in that. But there's 
Christians that are being persecuted every day, and it's hard. And it started a long, long, long time ago. Turn to John chapter 8, the 8th chapter of John. And we'll, if your Bible is like mine, it's marked in red. So Jesus <coughs> said it, and, and it's, uh, it's a lot. And um, it's, <laughs> it's truth, and he talks about that at the very beginning. Verse 31 of chapter 8 of John. You with me? Matthew, Mark, Luke. John, John chapter 8, verse 31, okay. So Jesus <clears throat> was saying to those Jews who had believed him, those Jews who had believed him, that's important because we're going to talk about the Jews in a minute. If you continue in my word, then you're truly disciples of mine. And you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. They answered him and said, We are Abraham's descendants and never have been enslaved to anyone. How is it they say that you will become free? Jesus answered and said, Truly, truly, I say unto you, everyone who commits sin is a slave of sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son does remain forever. So if the son makes you free... You are free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, yet you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak the things which I have seen with, <clears throat> seen with my father. Therefore, you also do the things that you've heard from your father. They answered him, Abraham is our father. And Jesus said, If you're Abraham's children, do the deeds of Abraham. But as, as it is, you are seeking to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, who heard from God, this Abraham will not do. You are, going, you are doing the deeds of your father. And they said to him, we were, born, we were not born of fornication. We have one father, God. Jesus said, If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and have come from God, and I have not even come on my own initiative, but he sent me. Why do you not understand that I am saying? It is because you cannot hear my word. You are of your father the devil, and he wants to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning, and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Wherever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I speak the truth, you do not believe me. So they sought to kill Jesus. Paul came on the scene. Commission from God. Paul, I've chosen you to bear news to the Gentiles. And he did. But every place he went, he went to the synagogue. And it wasn't very long in the synagogue where they ran him out. And in some cases, very violently. At Alconium, they sought to kill him. At Philippi, they did beat him. They beat him. And we pick up in chapter 
21 that Art was at last week, and <clears throat> he, uh, he is going to Jerusalem, and Art talked about that, and yet some of his people who loved him, Agabus was one of them, said, don't go, don't go, Lord. You know, he, and Paul wanted to go. He wanted to go to Jerusalem. And yet, he knew that he was going to suffer when he went there. And so, in uh, verse 27 of chapter 21, we had last week, when the seven days were almost over. Now, this is when uh, they were going to perform the rite of the the Nazarene, and these guys were ready to do it, and were almost over, and Paul was going to, piggyback on their thing and go but they needed to keep themselves separate and what does it say here the Jews from Asia now this is the same group that had run him out in all the places he had been Uh, maybe not specifically those but the same movement they came to Jerusalem seeking to do him in and they caused such an uproar and we talked about it uh, last week Uh, Verse 34, among the crowd were some shouting one thing and some another, and when he could not find the facts because of the uproar, he ordered them brought into the barracks. This is the centurion or the (coughs) Roman guard. When he got to the stairs, he cared by the soldiers because of the violence of the mob, for the multitude of the people kept following him, then shouting away with him. As Paul was about to be brought into the barracks, he said to the commander, May I say something to you? And he said, Do you know Greek? And he says, Oh, so you're not this Egyptian. We, I thought you were. Paul says, No. Verse 39, I'm a Jew of Tarsus, of, Cis, of Sicilia, a citizen of no significant, insignificant city, and I beg you, allow me to speak to the people. Now these people wanted to kill him. And yet Paul says, I want to speak to him. What motivated him? He wanted to tell him about Jesus. And he wanted to clear his own own, uh, name. Now he was going to go about it telling them that he was a Jew's Jew. But he also wanted to tell him that they had killed Jesus and that they needed to understand that his death was made... made, uh, a way for the resurrection, which was what he was, he was uh, um, preaching. Now I'm going to let the reader read, and we're going to read all of um, twenty verse twenty chapter twenty two, if I can get my technology going here. All of chapter twenty two, and then uh, we're going to go into to chapter um, uh, chapter 23 and there's going to be a little delay between the two chapters but hang with me chapter 22 brethren and fathers hear my defense which I now offer to you when they heard that he was addressing them in the Hebrew dialect they became even more quiet and he said, I am a Jew born in Tarsus of Sicilia, but brought up in this city, educated under Gamaliel, strictly according to the law of our fathers, being zealous for God, just as you all are today. 
I persecuted this way to the death, binding and putting both men and women into prisons, as also the high priest and all the council of the elders can testify. From them I also received letters to the brethren and started off for Damascus in order to bring even those who were there to Jerusalem as prisoners to be punished. But it happened that as I was on my way, approaching Damascus about noontime, a very bright light suddenly flashed from heaven all around me, and I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And I answered, Who are you, Lord? And he said to me, I am Jesus the Nazarene, whom you are persecuting. And those who were with me saw the light, to be sure, but did not understand the voice of the one who was speaking to me. And I said, What shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said to me, Get up and go on into Damascus. There you will be told of all that has been appointed for you to do. But since I could not see because of the brightness of that light, I was led by the hand by those who were with me and came into Damascus. A certain Ananias, a man who was devout by the standard of the law, and well spoken of by all the Jews who lived there, came to me and standing near said to me, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that very time I looked up at him. And he said, The God of our fathers has appointed you to know his will and to see the righteous one, and to hear an utterance from his mouth. For you will be a witness for him to all men of what you have seen and heard. Now. Why do you delay? Get up and be baptized, and wash away your sins, calling on his name. It happened when I returned to Jerusalem, and was praying in the temple, that I fell into a trance, and I saw him saying to me, Make haste and get out of Jerusalem quickly, because they will not accept your testimony about me. And I said, Lord, they themselves understand that in one synagogue after another I used to imprison and beat those who believed in you. And when the blood of your witness Stephen was being shed, I also was standing by, approving and watching out for the coats of those who were slaying him. And he said to me, Go, for I will send you far away to the Gentiles. They listened to him up to this statement, and then they raised their voices and said, Away with such a fellow from the earth, for he should not be allowed to live. And as they were crying out and throwing off their cloaks and tossing dust into the air, the commander ordered him to be brought into the barracks, stating that he should be examined by scourging, so that he might find out the reason why they were shouting against him that way. But when they stretched him out with thongs, Paul said to the centurion who was standing by, Is it lawful for you to scourge a man who is a Roman and uncondemned? When the centurion heard this, he went to the commander and told him, saying, What are you about to do, for this man is a Roman? The commander came and said to him, Tell me, are you a Roman? And he said, Yes. The commander answered, I acquired this citizenship with a large sum of money. And Paul said, But I was actually born a citizen. Therefore those who were about to examine him immediately let go of him. And the commander also was afraid when he found out that he was a Roman, and because he had put him in chains. But on the next day, Wishing to know for certain why he had been accused by the Jews, he released him and ordered the chief priests and all the council to assemble, and brought Paul down and set him before them.
is supposed to advance, I thought. That's okay. Some elders with an attorney named Tertullus, and they brought charges to the governor against Paul. After Paul had been summoned, Tertullus began to accuse him. Well, it's supposed to go to chapter 23. Let's look at chapter 23. Paul, looking intensely at the council, said, Brethren, I've lived my life with perfectly good conscience before God up to this day. And, Anahite, and the high priest Ananias commanded those standing by him to strike him on the mouth. Paul said to him, God is going to strike you, you whitewashed wall. Do you sit and try me according to the law? And in violation of the law, you ordered me to be struck. But the bystander says, do not revile God's high priest. Paul said, I was not aware, brethren, that he was the high priest. For it is written, you shall not speak evil of the ruler of your people. But perceiving that one group were Sadducees and the others were Pharisees, uh, Paul began crying out to the council, Brethren, I am a Pharisee, a son of a Pharisee, and I'm on trial for the hope and resurrection of the dead. As he said this, there was an occurrence, occurred a dissension between the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, for the, sim the assembly was divided. For the Sad Sadducees says there is no resurrection, nor angel, nor spirit, but the Pharisees acknowledged them all. And there occurred a great uproar, and some of the scribes and the Pharisee party stood up and began to argue heatedly, saying, We find nothing wrong with this man. Suppose a spirit or angel has spoken to him, and with great dissension was developing, and the commander was afraid that Paul would be torn to pieces by them, ordered the troops to go down and take him away, by force and bring him into the barracks. Verse 11. But on the night immediately following, the Lord stood by his side. Take courage, for you have solemnly witnessed to my cause in Jerusalem, so you must witness at Rome also. So Paul, Paul was beginning to... They, The commanders of the Romans there, they had all the the activity that was going on says what's all this about and he says for your own protection uh, that's Bill's word we're going to take you to the barracks and then Paul says can I speak to him and so he's his defense in chapter 22 brethren and following and fathers hear my defense which I now offer and he spoke to him in a Hebrew dialect and he went through uh, his conversion how God led him there, how God saved him, how he used Ananias to, to uh, bring. Uh, uh, he lost the scales from his eyes as we un un understood in chapter 9. And God was ministering to him. And everything was going, he was proving his point that he was a Jew's Jew. Until he got down to verse 21 and he said, Go 
for I will send you far away to the Gentiles. Now the next verse, 22 says, they listened to him up to this statement. Then they raised their voices and said, away with such a fellow from the earth. And so they were again wanting to do away with Paul. And the Romans stepped in again and says, well, uh, we're going to do what we Romans do. We're going to beat the truth out of you. And so they, they went down there and one of the things that they did, they stretched him out. They had, a, they had a pole or a column and they tied his arms there and stretched him out so they could get some real good whip marks on his back. Now this was a little bit different than what Jesus was whipped with. Jesus was whipped with uh, uh, a whip that had stone and, and, uh, and bone in the, the end of it and it really it really well it killed him there and they knew that they couldn't go to that extreme because he, they couldn't get the truth. The man would die in shock but they said we're going to beat him and then after they got all that and, and Paul used a little theater here he waited till this point he says are you supposed to do that to a Roman citizen oh because a Roman citizen had very good status they couldn't if they weren't uh, had an accusation brought against them in a court they couldn't be touched if they were a Roman citizen. Well, the centurion asked him a question. He said, I got my citizenship because I paid a little money. Paul said, I got my, my citizenship because I was born that way. And he was, that put him in the elite status. He, wasn't, he didn't get his with money. He got his because he was born. And that stopped the whole show at that point and it says do you know what you're fixing to do and the commanders were told and it says we're going to release him but <clears throat> he spent the night in the barracks again Art told us that, that the last night that he spent as a free man so to speak was I don't know the guy's name but anyway <laughs> he uh, it was in last week's lesson but anyway, he's been in the barracks now with the Romans uh, taking, care of, uh, taking care of him. But the commander says, I still want to know what's going on. So verse 30, but on the next day, wishing to know for certain why he had been accused by the Jews, he released them to go to the chief priest and to the council, the Sanhedrin, the 70 ruling elders, and brought Pat him down to set before him so they did and then he started up he says <laughs> I've lived my life a perf in perfectly good conscience before God up to this day <coughs> well that didn't ring right with the high priest and he said somebody slap him that's Bill's paraphrase <laughs> and so they did and he says you know, why are you, why are you hitting on me? And one of the commentaries I, I read from this week says that, that Paul probably knew that he was the high priest, but, but he, he said, oh, I didn't know you were high priest, you know. He, he, probably, he probably didn't know he was the high priest. But he went on and he says, this is what I want to say. And he did, he did a classic Paul thing. 
he knew that there were two sects of the of the of the the council the sadducees and the pharisees now look down at verse 8 this is you need to you need to understand this uh, for the Sadducees say that there is no resurrection, nor angels, nor spirit, but the Pharisees acknowledge them all. So that's, that's where they are at this, at this point. So then there was a disturbance of me among them. Paul, Paul's doing what Paul knew, needed to do. He was given account of himself to these people and he was given a witness the same thing that we're supposed to do same thing we're supposed to do turn to Luke chapter chapter 12 Matthew Mark Luke Luke chapter 12 and uh, <clears throat> let's look at a few verses here because Paul Paul was willing and he had the boldness but we have the same we have the same ability and power in our own life when we're confronted or when we're called on to, to ask. Look at uh, Luke 12, verse, beginning with verse 8. And I say to you, everyone who confesses me before men, the Son of Man will confess before him, excuse me, will confess him before the angels of God. But he who denies me before men will deny before the angels of God. And everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be, give, it be forgiven him. But he who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit, it will not be given him, forgiven him. Verse 11. When, you bring, when they bring you before the synagogues and the rulers and the authorities. This is what I want you to see. Do not worry about how or what to speak in your defense or what you are to say for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you're supposed to say. So Paul had the influence and the guidance of the Holy Spirit and he knew exactly what he was going to say and how he was going to say it. Back to Acts 23 and when when they got uh, the the party going there between the scribes and the Pharisees, uh, they took him back to the barracks. They took him back to the barracks. And verse 11, But on the night immediately following, the Lord stood at his side and said, Take courage, as for you have solemnly witnessed to my cause at Jerusalem, you must witness at Rome also. Bill's paraphrase. Jesus told Paul, I'm with you. I'm with you. I got your back. You were obedient to me, and I've got your back. Folks, if you don't get anything else today, when you're exactly where God wants you to be, and when you're doing exactly what God wants you to do, he's got your back. There's nothing Nowhere, anything, anybody can do, God is with you and he's got you back. That doesn't mean that you won't have to go to, to a Rome in, in, in bonds like Paul did. It doesn't mean that everything, everything's going to be rosy. 
It doesn't mean that all your wishes are going to be granted. But what it does mean that Jesus is with you and has your back. Folks, don't forget it. Don't be so busy to think that God's not concerned with your Monday mornings because He is. Okay? I got to go. Choir's late. We going to sing this morning? Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Let's let's pray. We'll pick up there next week.